3: Hey, guys, it's it's day video. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you're going to be heard on
0: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, 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 little
3: loosenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in
0: one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil
2: defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever.
0: Where fallout
3: is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper (laughs) shelter. Deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue. And your host, as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all.
0: everybody, welcome back to the Fallout Hub. Welcome back to our secret vaults under the earth, where the three of us, me, your main host, Robots, who's also named as Tom, man, this is a terrible intro this week, and my friends Dave and Ken. Hi guys, how's it going?
4: Good. It is going well. All on the home front. A.K.A. Awesome. This vault. Awesome. Are.
0: <laughs> Broadcasting to you, I mean that was weird though The intro was in the middle of a sentence Are broadcasting to you from our secret vault And you know what guys, it occurred to me Just now That we Are in a vault, the three of us In a very unique situation And we might actually be Part of an experiment And we don't
4: even realize it Is the experiment Trying to, to reach the energy level That you're at, because I'm like I, I need to like up myself now and to get like an upper. I need. Do, do we have any, like, what is it? Is it jet or does that just make everything real slow? I'm, uh, after that junkie build discussion, I'm, I'm just looking for fictional drugs. I feel yeah. like I'm in
3: a, a Nuka Shine uh, respawn cycle yeah. uh, where I just keep opening my eyes and I'm still in the vault.
0: <laughs> well, I, I just. I uh, perked myself up with like four Easter cookies because we were recording on Easter. So. What's the crafting
4: recipe for the Easter cookies?
0: That's what I got in my system. Uh, I don't know. Came in a box, uh, and then we put some pencil stuff on it. Yeah, probably,
4: probably, probably that kind of stuff.
0: So, what do you think? Do you think maybe this is actually an experiment that we are in? Like, what if, what if we were meant to find the vault, and now we're in here doing our thing, and we're being watched by like, I don't know, hundreds of people? To.
4: it it makes a good a good question of like okay is there like some like super meta system with vault tech you know where like okay they knew that there was going to be this group called the institute that breaks into the vault and the real experiment all along was seeing if this dude could cope with his like son situation and that was the real experiment like do they have that level of of foresight mm. I...
3: We've had this conversation before.
4: We have? When have we had this conversation before? Did, did we? I I
3: think I'm having the weirdest case of deja vu. It's like we keep coming to a realization, and then uh, it goes... When was the last time we went home? Do you guys remember leaving?
4: Um, uh... Well, uh, you got that coffee that... Where did you get... You got that coffee that one time. But I don't... I don't know how I got there. And what I was... And then Tom was in quarantine, but... This timeline, I need to... Let's get a pin board. (laughs) need to start drawing lines and pinning
0: yarn across a big... Thing. I don't know. I think um, I just
3: I think I was standing in the corner and somebody handed me coffee.
0: Wait, so I didn't hand you coffee. Did you hand Dave, did you hand Ken coffee? Okay, to back so, to okay. You?
4: All right. As 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 the official lore master of the lore of this podcast, um, which is, you know, a very time consuming job. <laughs> um, <laughs> I believe that Ken went to go outside, and he saw an old lady on the road. But I mean, this—I mean, it could be like a Netflix series where it's like there's just like trees in one road, you know, outside. Because I don't. Because like, how did we even get here? I guess people could go back and listen, and I mean, I guess I could go back and listen to figure out how we got here. But I got Wait, so the so gas this- station intended. <laughs>
0: This raises the question: Can we leave right now? Here, I'm gonna hit the. I'm gonna go over. I'm walking over. I'm gonna hit the button. Open the door. Nope. Door. The door won't open.
4: How many people are in on this? Because we've had interactions, v- v- vaguely, right? We've had p- interactions yeah. with people. People, yeah, people come in and people ask come in. And something is very they wrong leave
3: that that door just keeps opening for them and right. just people keep wandering in here isn't that a little un, it, it's not exactly plausible
0: yeah this is a. I mean it would be a weird contrivance for us to just make that up oh, because it doesn't nose, make any sense my nose is bleeding what the hell
4: maybe when they said west world they meant west virginia world and we're actually in it huh
3: I think this is the work of virtual strategic solutions.
0: That sounds like corporate mumbo-jumbo. What's
4: (laughs) what's virtual strategic (laughs) solutions? I feel like there's a deeper message here, Ken. What's going down? What's the situation?
3: It all began in Vault 112. Right. So what do you have for the news this week? <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Oh, wait, here's, here's the doorbell.
2: Oh. Telegram news from Bethesda.
4: <laughs> we got the news guy. What's going on in the news? And gentlemen, I would like to, to first of all, welcome you to the segment, um, from the one and only Charleston Herald here to give you the news. Um, that I'm sure this is a time when we're all questioning existential questions. Um, after that little segment. But I want to reassure you and let you know that um, Fallout 76, the Wastelanders expansion, comes out Tuesday, March 14th, which probably by the time this already releases, you already know that. But if you don't, this is the official message from the Charleston Herald letting you know situation. If you want more information on what it looks like, uh, Bethesda just put out an Inside the Vault article, which had some... Uh, Gameplay trailers, some dev walkthroughs, some uh, interesting information on what some of the new um, mechanics, events, quests, people, places, things, animal, mineral, vegetables, you will find within the game and that is all of the news i have except for a piece of personal news it seems like we always have some like interesting personal news um this sunday which will be april 19th at 5 p.m eastern standard time that's 2 p.m pacific standard time we will be having a wastelanders launch party event um we have invited a few guests Uh, Ken why don't you tell me a little bit about those guests as the local gumshoe that you are
3: (laughs) well uh, it's an extremely long and complicated story it involved multiple levels of contact Uh, bus rides train rides shadowy corners uh, a white unmarked van uh, and the 1991 Denver Broncos but (laughs) the invitations went out and we will be joined by Bethesda's own Pete Hines, Uncle Pete, Oxhorn, who needs no introduction as the god of Fallout lore.
4: We gave him an introduction, so...
3: <laughs> and our very own Juset is, is coming back yet again to, uh, to join us for a fun evening of frivolity.
0: I'm mostly looking forward to the vegetables. I was holding on to that joke since you talked about animals, minster- minerals, and vegetables. Um, we could probably was my, have a little was, snack bar. Some, was some my carrots. was my timing was my timing good on that one?
4: So, so while we've been planning this, I've been quietly um, referring to this episode as P Doc's juice, um, and I kind of want that to catch <laughs> on. Um, that when. When Pete Hines, Oxhorn, and Andrews header together, it's Pete Oxjuice.
0: And every time Dave says that, I just shudder a little bit. I die a, I die a little bit inside.
4: A little piece of Tom falls off, never to be seen again. I, I think. Go,
0: I think uh, the first
3: time we use that, uh, they'll all die inside.
4: I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you think that we're just going to be very professional and not use it, but you know us; we're not. Gonna. Maybe I think we're, we're
3: gonna the one awkward, an awkward moment of silence. I think Oxhorn is going to drag on his cigar. Uh, Pete's just gonna swirl around uh, some beer, and then Jew said we'll like pause for a couple minutes and then laugh awkwardly with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're the ones uh, performing the experiments now. Uh, I bad. think so. <laughs> we do the experiments now. We
4: look in my eyes. We do the experiments.
2: <laughs>
4: well, so. Ken, I, I appreciate your your tracking down, especially the um, 1992 um, Denver Broncos. Um, I mean, collaborating with that source to get the. Um, three hosts or guests on the podcast i guess we're the three hosts and they're the three guests um,
0: or go is broncos. it the other way
4: around go broncos
0: <laughs> yeah do we have any of the broncos the 1991 broncos coming either joining us uh, unfortunately they are occupied
3: uh at the far side of the world they are taking care of business
0: writing mm. wrongs <laughs> whatever that means they're well, like I- a superhero group now
3: They are, yeah. After they all retired and got their rings, uh, they discovered that their rings had magic powers. And now together with uh, a talking dog and some kind of a floating marsupial, uh, they ride around in their old tour bus. Uh, And right now they're they're dealing with some things in the Middle East. Very hush-hush stuff.
4: Spoilers for the new cartoon coming out on Netflix. Well, we did manage to get that one member of the Broncos, but when we told him that he was going to be recorded on the podcast, he said he was sorry that his voice sounded a little hoarse. That's a good joke.
0: <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> move on.
3: on Pussycats will be coming to Spike TV this fall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, with with those awesome jokes this, mor- this morning, this afternoon, I don't know what time it is, we're stuck in a vault without any, any sunlight. Uh, we're going to move on to our Fallout 101 for this week. We're talking about trading in Fallout 76 weapons, armor other stuff, how to know what to sell, how to know what to keep how to price it. Dave you got some info
4: for us? So I'm curious what you call even like the market for, I feel like it needs some like particular name like we should call it like White Spring Street or uh, you know like you have Wall Street but like should there be some mm. sort of like particular name for the, the greater market that mm. The fall, fall street fall street <laughs> fall street <laughs> sounds depressing
1: <laughs> mm.
0: well it's it's the wasteland it's the apocalypse you wanna be selling down on fall street fall street
4: super mutant stocks um, that's a lot um, what else is good uh, radiation rates mhm Mm-hmm. Anywho, mm-hmm. Yes, we, we need to get more of these jokes out of our system before we we invite these people into our vault. Um, for this week, I kind of wanted to have a discussion about, um, from a low-level perspective and from a high-level perspective, uh, how to sell some of your goods that you come across. So obviously, you have a build in mind. We've been talking about builds, we've been talking about... Um, kind of like ways you can build your character. You kind of have an idea. Um, so obviously you're looking for weapons and armor that fit to your particular build. Um, but you're going to run into a lot of stuff out there in the wild Appalachia area that may not be what you're looking for, but maybe what some other people are looking for. So I kind of wanted to break it up into weapons, armor, and just general goods and tips. Um, so let's start with the weapons. What would you guys say are some like god rolls right now? Ken, I know that you started your Fallout seventy six adventure by having a little trading company. So I think e- even more so, you may be more of an expert than even I am. You may be the secret insider in all of this.
3: Uh, you would think so, um, but like most CEOs, you know, you kind of just collect a paycheck and you have people that handle that thing for you. However. Uh, I did hang out at the water cooler and uh, pick up some, some tips and tricks. Um, at this point, god rolls would be classified as anything now considered legacy. They were weapons that came out in the early stages of the game that are now super uh, meta and completely unavailable uh, for dropping anywhere else in the world. An example of that would be some of the classic explosive weapons. Um, Some of which were uh, lasers concerned and things like that. Um, Explosive lasers, you know, bend the mind as well as physics. So stuff like that uh, was kind of phased out. But the existing weapons, especially on PC, are still available uh, if you get them from an original source. Uh, They've also been duped to high heavens. so...
4: There's uh, a lot of stuff that's been that's been duped to high heaven. Um, pretty much
3: anything God tier has been duped at the, on PC at this point. Um, Who makes sense? Uh,
0: you know, God lives in heaven,
4: so <laughs> we just need a cleanse. We all need to like do some sort of like special juice cleanse to just. We need to agree. I mean, I'm preaching to... to the choir, but you know,
3: the big book of dad jokes that we gave each other for Easter is not working out today. <laughs> it is
4: not. No. Uh so I, I agree that those those legacies are like I am not even like gonna gonna wish upon myself a legacy item uh, like that because I wouldn't even know what to do with it. But generally from what I've seen, like God rules tend to be um three star weapons, um particularly anything that is from the wild Appalachia season, like uh the bear arm or the fixer that are Bloodied, explosive junkies, explosive um, that have uh, relevant uh, third star on it. Um, one of I'm trying to think of other things. Handmaids are still really big. I remember I, I was looking at this episode and I was curious. I was like, okay, let me go to like the dark side of this. So I went on eBay <laughs> and I was looking at. I was I was like, okay, if I want to put buy, on
3: sunglasses, he was incognito. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I went to my Google browser, clicked incognito. (laughs) Um, So I was looking, I was like, okay, what can I get? How can I get a Junkies Explosive Handmade? So I found a level 45 Junkies Explosive Handmade. Can you guess how much this person was selling this for? I'm going to guess $50. $200 for a three-star Handmade Junkies. uh, Just that alone seems... Excessive. I would never. I would would never. By the way, w- the reason I bring this up is: don't go to eBay. Don't go buy this stuff because it's just you're doing yourself a disservice. First of all, because you already paid money for this game, you don't need to to go buy on the black market and buy these weapons illegally. Um, uh, but handmaids are particularly the most valuable and most widely used of the weapons, just because they have so many modifications um they have like the the amount of modifications that you can have on them are insane um they have um wide use um so that's why when we get into ammo they use a 5.56 um caliber ammo um which is kind of why that's a big thing um generally a really good role on that particular weapon is kind of a god tier role um bloodied melee weapons generally anything that's god tier has to have three stars uh, it kind of has to be bloodied or junkies to be a, a a particular god role i don't think that you would have something that's not bloodied or junkies at this point what do you think about that
3: yeah and also when it comes to melee uh faster swing speed and plus one strength is oh, yeah. really what you're looking for is those other two stars uh, especially if the the first one is a Junkies or a Bloodied, um, whether it's the Bear Arm or, in my instance, the uh, Meat Hook. Those are, are incredibly rare to come by, uh, especially legitimately.
4: So if you come by one of those, my recommendation is to not put that in your vendor and price it at what it should be, um, because generally those are worth more than... 25 you know twenty five thousand caps you're generally going to get way more or you're going to get like a really like if you roll something like that and you're looking for something particular you're generally going to be able to go online go to some of the trading communities i know that i use um r slash market 76 when i kind of want to sell something um i managed to get back in the day um my well i got a bloodied explosive shotgun to to um satisfy my um my character that's a shotgun build I traded a bloodied explosive plus one perception pipe rifle um, which was a really good rollback in that time just through that method Um, so when you get something like that don't put it in your vendor go online look into some communities that do some of the selling um, and trading and try to sell it that way that would be my best piece of advice um, for both your god tier um, weapons and armor what what do you think is is that?
0: Is uh, real quick is that because you are going to get a better price for it or because it'll sell faster or why
4: it'll sell faster you're going to get a better price for it I don't know about you but if I roll across like a vendor and I have something that's priced like if I go to somebody else's camp and there's something that's priced 25,000 caps I'm not even going to be looking at that like I'm not looking actively you're you're better you have a better chance of putting it out there um online rather than just putting it in your vendor gotcha um, to sell it because the way the vendors have functioned more for me um is a little bit different we can we can kind of get to that um as far as armor for god rolls uh what is it is it um the high health one is vanguard right or is that um cavalier i can't remember I think Vanguard is the high health one, and then Unyielding is the low health one.
3: Yes, like I have uh, Unyielding armor. Uh, Cavalier is another one to take a look at. If you move around a lot, if you're constantly running and jumping and hacking and whacking and slashing, uh, that's a good role.
4: What about armor? smacking. Is a- <laughs> <and> smacking. <laughs> armor is interesting because a lot of the times I'll see that being sold as like a a set. Um, and kind of used as a single piece. It's like okay, if you have a character it's you know generally and with armor you're not really dealing in wood armor. Wood armor is kind of seen as like the the like crustaceans on the bottom of the boat that you, you may have <laughs> after you've been on your deep sea fish, fishing excursion like you're not gonna go take the time to to peel those off and put them in the stew you know
0: but what if I like to sneak?
4: What do you mean, if you like to sneak?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the wood armor is good for sneaking because it's not metal, right?
4: Well, so uh, for generally you're going to find that um, if you have the chameleon mutation, you're going to use weightless um, because that doesn't affect. Because the chameleon mutation, you can't have any armor on unless it's all weightless. If it's all weightless, the chameleon mutation could work. But generally you can up your sneak skill just by using the... Um, uh, uh, Blends into the environment. Legendary effect. Forgot what that's called. Um, cloaking. One is one. If you get hit, you generate a stale field. But there's the other one that gives you the constant, um, like you turn invisible when you crouch. Kind of situation. I'm not sure the exact name of that. I should have. Yeah, I don't remember up. the
0: name either. But yeah, yeah, I know. What I know what you're talking about.
4: Yeah. So for weapons um, and and armor, really to sell in your vendor. Um, one thing I have noticed go look up some of the popular legendary effects and generally if you can find like a one star of unyielding and price that at like a thousand uh, you can sell that really quick in your vendor I wouldn't recommend by the way in your vendor like in your vendor stations pricing anything over three thousand it's gonna sit there for a while I don't know if that's been your experience Ken but anything that's been higher price for me just hasn't sold it's just been sitting there unless I've had a friend or somebody I know that's specifically looking for something
3: Yeah, because the average person who's going to be shopping vending machines uh, is not someone who's going to shell out that kind of money, unless you've put it out there in the community that you have something. Um, Mostly because people shopping at, at vending machines are players who aren't at a point yet where they kind of have everything, like I'm that At that point, I'll jump around and shop vending machines uh, for two reasons, just to look at people's houses. And there are still some plans that I'm missing, so I'll look for those. But there's nothing that would be armor or weaponry in someone's vending machine that I would need. So if you're looking to sell something specific, uh, dangle it out there in some of the groups, Discord communities, uh, Reddit.
4: So when it comes to the rest of kind of your what I would call trash when you pick up a a leg piece and it's like 20% more damage to Mirelurks my my recommendation for those is don't even sell them at your vending machine just scrap them uh, for that um, what do you call it the legendary buying mechanic merchandise script 100% right I should know that as somebody that who has studied Coal companies for four years. Um, <laughs> just sell them for script uh, because you're not gonna like you're not gonna be able to sell that. And frankly, even if you've gotten to your script limit, just put them in your stash and sell them the next day because every every little bit helps. And that's generally how I can try. It. If if like the rarest of occasions that I'm at max script, um, that's kind of how I do it. Is just by keep on collecting, keep on collecting, and just put it in your stash until it's time to to go you know sell what you can to the little vending machine um as far as weapons go for selling in your vending machine um I would recommend selling obviously under the 3000 price tag but a lot of anti-armor stuff that I've come into has actually sold just from people that are maybe level 60 or level 70 that haven't fully gotten into um in-game builds in-game builds um Anti-armor is always a good effect. Uh, it's, it's always helpful pretty much in, in, in most situations. Um, that's the only real like legendary weapon that I've been able to sell. How have you done, Ken, as far as selling some legendaries through the vendor?
3: At this point, because of Max caps anyway, I've been pricing stuff fairly low. Um, since I don't really care. Some stuff I'm holding on to. I'm holding on to junkies, bloodied. And the other thing that I'm holding on to, um, is the scout armor pieces, which still are priced fairly highly. Um, people really look for those pieces. So I'm hanging on to those just until wastelanders for the most part, what I sell really the bulk of in my machines, uh, are stuffs like magazines, um, the pit boy hollow tape games, um, Chems are always uh, a good mover. I used to make a lot of caps early on with junk, but since Fallout first, that's not really a a factor anymore. Um, Water always really moves. uh, And plans I sell a lot of, uh, because at this point I have so many.
0: So so I have a question here. For somebody who plays the game more like I do, who kind of jumps in every so often, but pretty much fell off and is kind of just waiting for Wastelanders to come back out, Um, but has a fairly high level character, has a camp, can sell things is fairly well equipped but maybe not necessarily end game level equipped what kinds of things should they be looking for to specifically put in their vendor and which things should they just be not worried about as they're just walking around the environment?
3: Yeah so uh, in that instance stick with stuff that does sell so water, chems Um, And then have one machine that's dedicated to script, which people will shop machines for script. So take junk stuff that normally you would script. And if you have more than what you can really script in a day or a week, get that out of your stash and start liquidating it, turning it into caps. So you can price it for a nominal amount um, and at least move and convert some of those junk items to caps if you're trying to, to increase the number of caps you have.
4: As the game stands now, one of the main ways that I've made a bunch of money fast is I collect all ammo except for missiles, mini nukes, and forty millimeter grenades, and I just put it into the um, put it into the vendor machine, price everything at one cap. So you're going to get um, people like obviously there's stuff that sells better than the others, but I have a lot of people that buy a bunch of like forty four cal like somebody will come by and buy like two thousand forty four caliber rounds, and that's two thousand caps for me. Um, a lot of people are, are going through and looking at it and generally if it's priced at one, I've never seen ammo, well, I've seen it but I've never known that anybody that buys ammo for more than one cap per piece, yeah, that's mainly cool. how I keep stock with shotgun shells it's just go into camps and it's like oh you have like a hundred and you're selling for one cap, it's like okay I'll just buy that.
3: And you're right, I forgot about that, the uh, 5.56 five, is kind of a, a gold standard in a way, um Right now, because there's a number of... The caps that you can have is capped. People are using 5.56 as currency. So people are are trading god-tier items for a ridiculous amount of 5.56. So if you're also looking to make money, like Dave said, um, put all of the extra ammo stuff that you don't use, throw it in your machine, um, get the resources to make 5.56. If you do that make sure to have super duper on and ammo ammo smith on the perk cards
4: right and you can generally find a a lot of i mean if you just like like the way i make most of my caps just like in a day is i just pick up everything i'm constantly over encumbered i probably look like you know like the character from death stranding where he has all these packages like packed on top (laughs) of them like i probably i probably look like that i'm just constantly over encumbered um, and then I just sell everything and put everything up in vending machines. I'm just a pa- my character is just a mule for just pack mule for trash. Yeah, Brahmin. It's just, right. I'm just a consumer. I'm a, like a, a, a like meta consumer, mega, not meta. <laughs> but the 5.56. It's funny to me because in in the game series Metro, that's the actual <laughs> currency in Metro is. Uh, oh yeah is bullets where in fallout it's been bottle caps but now since there's a cap limit people are like okay what can we go to oh we're gonna like make deals using bullets which is 5.56 is the one that um, handmade rifles use i think there's another gun that uses it too but handmade rifles are probably the most widespread uh like weapon for high level characters in the game that's why it's used that seems
0: like really good advice for somebody, especially who's just jumping in for the first time. Who's gonna see, like that would be very confusing at first. I thought you guys trade in caps. Why do you want bullets? Like, what's going on there?
4: Yeah, bullets are just like are, are kind of an investment um, almost in 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 future in your future of caps. So by the time there's you the hit level 50, Bitcoin, to have a oh, yeah. There's the, 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 the kind up of the Bitcoin of the follow-up market. Yeah, so even at a low level, you can build a vending machine and and I mean. If you're okay, and here's another piece of advice. If you're low level, if you're just getting into the game, don't put non legendary armor or weapons in your vending machines. It, it most likely is not going to sell, um, and you're better off just selling it to actual vendors, like the little robots. The vendor bots, yeah. Yeah, or scrapping it. Um, the, otherwise, it's like, you know, a shish kebab is cool, but a, a three star legendary shish kebab that, like, you know, has like unicorn dust come out of it is way better.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we parts. farts. Yeah. yeah,
4: that's totally in the game. You should, guys should totally look. It's kind of look like for, when they told me that that in high school that there was a, a secret pool at the top of the um, at the top of the gym that you could jump in.
0: I want a power armor suit that instead of having a backpack with thrusters, just shoots thrust out of the butt. <laughs> um. So speaking of power armor, uh, does that does that advice include power armor pieces as well, like lower quality power armor pieces? I guess
4: i've seen I've seen a lot of people that if you want to deal in if you want to deal in power I mean <laughs> listen if you're getting in the power armor market here's the things you need to know um you kind of need to have an online basis for that cause I've seen a lot of people that are very successful in like running power armor garages but generally have to keep their shop stocked you have to have a lot of the mod knowledge and so a lot of people are looking to mod their power armor that they already have and are looking for you to do it but generally that's not as lucrative as um it would seem what now do
0: you think about uh, sorry to, to sidetrack you but real quick what do you think about the uh lower level newer players who will be coming in um, who hit level 15 or level 20 and are looking for pieces to kind of fill out a power, power armor set as they level up. Do you think those will be worth
4: vendoring? Um, I think if you're looking for like to me, excavator mats will sell. Um, you can sell some black titanium or um, screws. I constantly run out of screws. It's like I'm screwed every time I run out of screws because yeah. I can't yeah. I can't do anything. Um. Yeah.
3: It's not so much the power armor pieces, uh, it's the plans to make the pieces. Um, on PC, most of those plans now are, are not worth too much. Jetpacks are, but the average pieces are not, uh, because a lot of those dropped through the Christmas presents, uh, which again we're, were duped to high up. And so at this point, um, power armor plan pieces to construct the armor are pretty common on PC
4: Particularly, you're going to get a good price for Brotherhood of Steel paints. Um, which I yes. hate to I hate to wrap myself out here right now, but I've been experiencing a glitch for about a month. That every time I log in, I um I get a piece of technical data just automatically, and then it tells me to go to the Brotherhood of Steel cache and I turn it in. And every time I turn it in, I get two more technical data. So I'm just. <laughs> constantly getting this technical data which is what you use to get like to to roll for those particular plans or brotherhood of steel outfits i've just been every time i'm like in, getting, getting these plans <laughs> just, i guess my own fault wow. I, I, well i don't know that, if it's, uh, it's not my fault but um i've, I've now officially routed myself out that I sounds like something that court. just works it, it, it works for me heck yeah
0: Alright, so any any other last minute advice about trading? Or for new people who are just getting into it?
4: Um, if you're dealing in god rolls, just um, uh, see if you can find a um, a community that is used to it um, and see if you can get a middleman um, because there are people that like to, generally when you're dealing in like high level stuff, they like to, I guess rip you off or something. Just make sure that you are extra careful. With the last one is
3: that I wanted to make, too, is lean on the community. Um, joining a, a group and a faction on any console can be super helpful as far as getting you what you need. Most of the groups have either a quartermaster or a designated trader, someone who who kind of serves as a, a mule or has multiple mules that kind of carries the community's stuff and then gets people kitted out, uh, even in our group that Dave is in. We have three different people who do that kind of thing. So we've had some new people join us the past couple weeks and we'd get them started with the plans that they need or uh, armor and weaponry that they need. So find a community to join. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to hit you guys up when
0: I jump back in the game. Yes. I was, I was thinking about um, going back to Derek because he's, I don't know, 20, level 23 or something like this and kind of you know continuing to build him out as I work through the storyline stuff in Wastelanders but I, I mean I have a main character who's up you know the, you know, above 60 somewhere 80 something maybe I don't remember um, who definitely needs some end level stuff in order to be more effective so I'll have to jump back in there
4: I just deal in trash that's it that's all I ever get is trash <laughs> I just try to sell my <laughs> trash the best that I can I'm just like I'm like the most enterprising homeless man
0: the trash man you're known as the trash man in these parts Dave the Grouch
2: Just. Does this porta potty seem like really big to you? I mean, maybe it's got better ventilation. That would be nice for once.
0: Is that. Wait a minute. Who the hell is
1: that? Who is that? Oh. Hello?
2: Uh. Hi?
1: Um, we're looking for the bathroom. The, uh. What? Did the you book? guys hear the
0: vault door open? I didn't even hear the vault door open. What um, the time.
2: What vault door? We we were just trying to use the bathroom. We found this uh, big red button in this porta potty, and it opened up to a whole room.
0: Oh hey, look! Wait, guys, that's that's Chellene and Jess. Well, hey well, hey hey! It's uh it's us from the Fallout Hub. How did you get in here?
1: Yeah, we we just wanted the bathroom, man. We, there was a porta potty, but it had a button. We thought that was to flush, you know. And, and suddenly we're in here. I don't. Wait a minute. Were you guys in the same <laughs> party, the same
2: game? Girls always go to the bathroom together. I mean, <laughs> you know, okay. packs. It. Wow. <laughs> there, there was a mirror as well as a button in this one. I promise. That just,
0: that just blew away a lot of preconceptions I had about how the <laughs> women use bathrooms. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to our vault. This, I mean, there's a bathroom in here if you need it, but this is our
4: this
3: vault. At this is point, vault. is it really
0: a vault if we have multiple
3: uh, entrances and people can just walk in and out? So yeah, uh, I'm questioning
4: uh, the the structural layout of all. The, <laughs> the, the the blueprints did not have anything. In fact, the blueprints, I'm pretty sure, are, are, are moldy at this point. I'm not even sure how paper can get moldy.
0: Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, hey, welcome to our... We're in the middle of podcasting. So, oh really? I um, love
1: podcasts.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys are podcasters too. So, what a coincidence! Uh, why don't you? Why don't you, And we have microphones all over the place. Feel free to take a seat. In fact, I don't think we've ever had five people in here. So, here I'm, I'll stack up some Abraxo boxes for an extra seat. If, here you go. Oh, um, thank you. I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let we're recording right now. Let our listeners know who you are and how how they should recognize you. Where they recognize you from.
1: Uh, Well, I'm Chalene, and uh, I am the host of That Fallout Show, along with my friends Rick McBick and Vendertron. You may also remember me from another Fallout show back in the day. We do not speak the name of it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jess. Um, I host the Fallout feed, you may have heard of it, with uh, Andrew and Ray. And also, together with Chalene, we do a show called Dames Who Game, uh, which is not necessarily Fallout-centric, But it's us, so it's very Fallout-centric.
0: Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, thank you for joining us, I guess, unexpectedly. Um, So one of the the things that we do uh, whenever we have guests on the show is that we give them a series of questions that I call the Robots Dozen. And it's the Robots Dozen because it's not a baker's dozen, so it's not 13. But it's like the Robots Dozen, so programmers start counting at zero, and it goes to 11, so there's actually still 12 questions. So this is going to be like (laughs) rapid-fire questions for you. And we're just going to get started. So let's just go in order, uh, Shaleen and then Jess. And uh, the first question is, are you ready for this? I was born ready. All right, here we go. When is the perfect amount of time, or what is the perfect amount of time to spend with extended family?
1: Uh, I I think that depends on which bit of family.
2: Uh, Maybe hours.
4: (laughs) Hours. Hours. Mm. Jess?
2: Family. You know what? A weekend.
0: All right. All right. Next question. Would you rather live on the moon or on Mars? The moon.
2: Oh, definitely the moon.
0: We know that what uh, pants are and we know what underpants are, but what are ultra pants?
1: (laughs) I would say ultra pants are um, like shiny pants that uh, have alternate functions like maybe they're fireproof or uh maybe they have little jet packs in the
2: ankles (laughs) i think ultra pants are what astronauts wear like it's a special name for that astronaut diaper because they have to go a really long time sometimes Uh so they need extra protection
0: (laughs) nice (laughs) all right if you were a pokemon which would you be
2: uh i would be an eevee oh i'd be a jessimon i'd be my own pokemon
0: nice Ooh. All right. Here's a, here's a tough one. Why are the Enclave secretly the good guys?
2: They're not. <laughs> Under no ways. All 13 stars, never. Sorry, All right.
0: Tech. All right. Uh, you just discovered that Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy are real. How does this change your worldview?
1: Uh, well, I'd be pretty mad about where they've been the last few years.
2: <laughs> yeah, it would confirm my actual hypothesis that I have going on. I which is that they believe. are actually real <laughs> oh yes i want to believe
0: nice nice all right uh ready name all 50 states in their capitals you're being timed go
2: uh uh the no. state of muffinhood. the state of euphoria <laughs> um what's the capital of euphoria i don't know probably some club in uh, in vegas no one knows
0: you are absolutely correct uh if you had to put lipstick on a pig what color would you choose
2: I think I would go with a nice coral. I always trust Shalene's instincts, but let's goth that pig up and go with a dark plum.
4: Gothic <laughs> pig,
0: yeah. Gothic uh, pig. Gothic pig. pig. Gothic pig. Um, what is the best kind of pet, and why is it a dog?
1: Um. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. It, they're they're good boys. They're good boys, good boys and girls
2: you know what all animals are wonderful but pugs are dogs and pugs are the best so pugs
1: mm-hmm. are lovely mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: all right so you follow a rainbow to its end and find a pot of gold justify why it's okay to steal the poor leprechaun's money
1: uh well leprechauns are fictional so it's it's mine because he doesn't exist
2: and in my world, like the Easter Bunny and Tooth Fairy Leprechauns are probably real. But because they're also magical, they can just make more gold. It's like a renewable resource for them. So take away. Oh,
0: so they don't even value it very much. I got it. I got. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. gotcha. All right. If, uh, if I were to offer you a job where you make three times as much as you currently do, but you have to skydive to get to work each day, would you take the job?
1: Uh, you know what? That actually sounds kind of fun. I- I'm in.
2: I don't know how long I could do it for, but maybe after a while it become a part of you and just be used to it. Be like, oh boy, here we go again. So yeah, let's Wait, try it. Is this like an, an audition for IRL PUBG?
0: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
2: I know where on the island I'm landing, if so. We're dropping into Pachinki. Pachinki.
0: All right, the last question. What is the best power armor?
2: Uh, I
1: like T60. I'm very partial to it.
2: Yeah, that's hot. Um, I am not a power armor girl. I turn off power armor hub, and I don't use it whenever I don't have to, but I do like T60 as well. All right, I would T60. like to interject
4: and say that T60 is the Honda Civic of power armor, and it is always efficient, <laughs> easy to repair. And you can take it to the dealership, and they're not going to be like, what's this car?
2: Yeah, it's practical, exactly, and I like a practical power armor. Yes. Yes
0: very nice all right well I'm, I'm putting your answers into the computer right now and we are going to get uh this is secretly your goat and we're gonna get what uh jobs what careers are right for you and uh, here here they are uh chalene you are going to be a human mannequin and jess you are a turtle artist congratulations
2: i'm gonna be
1: so good at this
2: me too i'm so excited plus turtles move really slow so they're easy to paint
1: Yes. Uh, you can stand the turtle in front of me while I pose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can pose with the turtle. The mm-hmm. Turtle art. Very nice. Well, thank you for joining us and surviving our goat questions. Um, well, While we have you here, do you mind if we pick your brains about some podcasting and Fallout stuff? How's that sound?
1: Of course. That sounds lovely. Definitely. Okay. So, um, you
0: guys have both been podcasting for a while now. When did you decide to start podcasting and how did you get into it?
2: Um, Well, shall I go first, Jess? Yes, definitely. You have the long and illustrious career. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: I started shortly before the release of Fallout 4 on a little show called Fallout Off the Record. and uh, We do have the little shtick on that Fallout show that it is the show that shall not be named, but... um, I, uh, I saw a call for auditions for hosts, and I thought, you know what? I am very qualified for this, and gave it a shot. Met Rick McVick. Um, we clicked, and uh, the rest was history. So we, we did Fallout off the record for a little over a year. I think it was about a year and a half. And uh, later, we ended up starting our own network, along with our friend BenderTron. And uh, now we do that Fallout show, along with a general gaming show called GameStack, Stack. And uh, of course, we are, are uh, we consider the lovely folks over at ASA Podcasting to be sort of a sibling podcasts, and uh, I, I've uh, done a lot of shows with those lovely folks, and uh, we ended up starting Games Who Game, so as a, a spinoff of the Fallout feed, and uh, that's a lovely, enjoyable experience as well. So,
0: yeah, I'd love to get more into Games That Game, um, uh, Jess. How did you get into it?
2: So, you know, like many of your listeners here, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time, uh, but I came up via the community. Um, I was a big part of the community in a Skyrimatic podcast and the Fallout Feed podcast, which I now host, Uh, and over time began contributing. And uh, only about a year and a half ago, um, I sent in recorded contributions and such, but a year and a half ago for the stress test of Fallout 76 was the first time I hosted. Um, So I've been hosting now for a year and a half, and... uh, Yeah, just got into it, became a permanent host, and over time for our Valentine's episode of 2019, we called it Galentine's Day, recorded a special episode uh, with some of the amazing women in the community, including Shaleen, and uh, that became Dames Who Game.
4: I recently went to a Galentine's trivia event, and I won this sticker that says, I met Lil Sebastian at the Pondy Harvest Festival, and I still (laughs) love it.
0: (laughs) So that, that's really cool. There's, um I know a number of people who got into podcasting because they already enjoyed post- podcasting and then contributed and kind of got to know the people on the shows and then eventually just became hosts themselves, um, it seems. And then, Shalene, uh, you're like, uh, I didn't realize you guys auditioned for that. That's that's also very interesting. Yeah, um, we
1: did. Yeah. Yeah. That's- uh, Rick had already been chosen as, as a host. And uh, so I, I had a little interview. Uh, with Rick and the guy who owned the network and uh, Rick and I just clicked right away so was like yeah. finding a brother I didn't know I had
0: yeah I mean you guys have kind of a natural chemistry so I didn't realize that you didn't already know each other before that
2: that's no awesome. we met that day yeah and yeah, I think it's interesting that vendor you mentioned came up through the community as well so that's kind of how he became yeah. a third when he started your own network
1: he did yeah he would write in letters and uh, eventually he became a mod on the channel and um uh, we became very good friends, and uh, it was just natural to ask him to join us. So, we're very lucky that he did. He's, he's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So, Dames um, That Game, uh, one of my questions about this specifically is based around demographics for video game podcasts. And I know that you guys are probably looking at the demographics too. And, for example, when I post uh, YouTube content about Fallout, it's about 90% guys and about 10% girls or ladies, right? So do you find that you get a different demographic with a Dames That Game show? And how how does that work out for you?
2: Well, we are still um reaching out to that demographic in a way, but I think it's important to note uh when they do demographic breakdowns, you know, as the game community as a whole, uh you find that women tend to play a lot of RPGs as well. I really feel like the Fallout community, if not 50. It's pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I, those you know.
1: demographics are a little flawed on YouTube, <laughs> anyway, um, because we have such a preponderance of of you know very diverse people in our community. You know, it's it's the people that are chatting are, are pretty equally men and women, and there's no way that it's only six percent women watching the show. I, I think they must be just uh, assuming uh, maleness for anybody who's not logged in.
0: Yeah, or just uh, just hitting OK yeah. to all of the mm-hmm. standard things and mail comes first on the list. Something some like reason. that.
4: Yeah, right. I'm, I'm yeah. born always in January first, nineteen ninety.
2: There you go. Yeah. it's also with YouTube. That's the whole eighty percent of people watching are not subscribed most of the time too. So right, right, you know.
0: right. That that makes a lot of sense because uh, my experience is very similar when I look at um, conversations on Discord or Patrons to uh, the Fallout. Lorecast, cast, um, it tends to be way more split. In fact, um, there is a lot of engagement from the female audience as opposed to the male audience in a way that um, is sometimes, uh, I don't know, just more than, I guess. We're very
2: engaging and uh, willing to communicate. All good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there, amazing. <laughs> there are also, um, within uh, the Facebook groups, there are also women gamer groups and even discords that are Fallout 76, but are for women gamers.
2: Absolutely, so there I'd are, actually, there's
3: sizable communities out there.
2: I'd like to shout a couple out real quick. Um, yes. you know pe- there's the Nuka Gals on uh, on Facebook. There's yep. a Girls Gone Feral. Uh, they tend to be a bit PvP oriented. They're wonderful people. <laughs> um, the, the Waste. Yes, you like that one? That's, I a, definitely that's, that's a great
0: name. That's a great name. Yeah.
2: There's the Wasteland Wenches. Is a large group, and I know some of them are in the Apocalyptic Aristocracy too. So we see stuff yes. from them. Some yep. great groups.
0: Yeah, that, my uh, even just like anecdotally, my wife has probably played more Fallout than I have. If you look at like hours played, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Um, although she doesn't want to talk about it on podcasts, but oh well. Um, so, what what are you specifically into talking about Fallout as like your main source of content for podcasting and that kind of thing?
1: Um, do you mean for the shows or just? Yeah. Yeah, why players. why why get into
0: doing podcasts about fallout specifically as opposed to any other game out there
1: yeah and like what kind of
4: brought you to it like what brought you to fallout like from like let's say you were a wee person and you wanted to play fallout one
1: I see well my first fallout was fallout three uh, I think that's the case for a lot of, of people in the community nowadays uh, and I just fell in love with it I I I had almost an unhealthy relationship with Fallout 3. I I was one of those people who was just playing for hours and hours and hours and, you know, not taking showers and not eating and just just playing Fallout 3. And uh, it it was... I I got a little obsessed with the world. And uh, the same with Fallout New Vegas. I I just... I love the lore. I love the stories, the characters. I love being lost in the wasteland. I, I enjoy it so much. Uh, apocalypses are kind of my jam so I, I really enjoy a good apocalypse story and um, I, I just feel that I, I had all of these things to say about Fallout and I knew so much about it and I was so excited to share it and there really wasn't anyone in my real life to to have those conversations with uh, so podcasting became the perfect outlet for that.
0: So this, this the Fallout games engaged you in a different way than say other games that you had played?
1: Oh absolutely, yeah. Oh. Jess, whatever I mean, like,
0: you said, that was my experience as well. Yeah, Jess, what, what what's your story on that?
2: In my case, uh, it's essentially the same. It's uh, the answer is because I love it. You know, uh, something about the retro-futuristic aesthetic really spoke to me. Um, and in engaging with uh, fans of the community for both Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I found an amazing community that I wanted to be part of. And um, that grew into a into a podcast over time. You know, earlier when Shalene mentioned the show that shall not be named, I actually expected to go full Pee-Wee's Playhouse on us, have like klaxons going and bells and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I so rarely hear you say it. Yeah,
1: it's 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 kind of a shtick for us. So mm-hmm.
4: Will Voldemort now appear and put his mark in the sky? This Almost certainly,
1: yes. The dark mark of followed off the record.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's let's
0: transition into a little bit of uh, 76 stuff. Um, I specifically want to know uh, just from your perspectives uh, have you been playing it very much lately and what are your expectations for Wastelanders? Are you looking forward to it?
1: Um, as far as it goes for me, I've been taking a bit of a break over this past month or so um, just with the way things are in the world right now and, and Feeling full of anxiety, uh, the apocalypse has not been such a safe haven as I, I usually find it. Uh, so I've sort of taken a break. Uh, I am very excited for Wastelanders. I will be playing it. Um, I expect very, very intensely, um, and I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see this huge change in the world of Appalachia. I, I, I find it fascinating. That this world that I'm so familiar with is never going to be the same after after Tuesday. It will never be the same again. You know, I I know this world. I'm used to it. I know what to expect. And it will never be the same again. I, I find that fascinating.
0: Yeah, that is very cool.
4: I'm curious about the dichotomy just of, of talking about at this current time, like playing an apocalyptic game may not be the most... Enticing thing, especially when you're we're surrounded by kind of a not necessarily a negative but a very visceral news cycle um, that's not positive for us at all. Um, where games coming out now have like more people are playing video games than uh, ever, even during this time when we're mostly at home, mostly trying to stay safe. Um, but having a new game like, for example, Doom or Final Fantasy. Uh, come out is, is good for those companies because more people are, are going to be actively playing these things but I'm curious you have Wastelanders come out during this time but also there's this like global pandemic happening all at the same time like what's like it's, it's almost like there's a double edged sword to that it seems
2: yes. I do go ahead I was going to say there is time But you're right. People are looking more for things like Animal Crossing at the moment, which has been such a relief for people stuck in their homes, getting out to those island beaches. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually living in a time that feels somewhat apocalyptic, uh, it makes it less escapist in a way. And yet maybe the ability to still kind of conquer the wasteland to become powerful in there entices us.
1: Yeah. I also think that 76 is a little more uniquely positioned than some other post-apocalyptic games because there is still a lot of life in this wasteland. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, the forest area with a lot of vibrant growing things and it's it's a colorful apocalypse. It's it's not this brown dusty waste like we experienced in Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. It is more vibrant and alive and I, I
2: think can. that is something that will make it a little easier to digest. Exactly, and with the oncoming of wastelanders, we're bringing life back to the wasteland specifically. So maybe mm-hmm. that renewal story will, uh, will be good for a lot of people. Um, yes. It was already vibrant. Now there's gonna be you know people every couple hundred yards.
0: Yeah, I, I think a big part of it is community. I, I think one of the things that we're missing right now, being stuck in our homes, is being able to communicate with other people regularly. Whether you see them at work or out in the world doing the things that you normally do, we're just not communicating as much. So to be able to jump into a game like 76 and have people to play with and interact with, whether it's in a wasteland or not, is definitely a reprieve.
2: I'd like to jump off on that real quick, Um, and I think Ken might want to chime in on this, too. Um, I'm seeing a whole lot of that, where the community, as vibrant as it is, is coming together. And this is our adult conversation. This is our chance to be with other people, to play with other people. Uh, Streaming um, is getting even bigger. A lot of people in the community who previously watched streams, they're like, I want to connect. I will watch your stream. I will stream myself. And so there's a, a huge coming together that way.
3: This, I've never had an experience like this game ever. And while I've played online multiplayers before, there's a community component um, that is really unique in that it's brought in a lot of content creators who are creating really unique experiences that I've run into, whether it's, you know, cannibal factions or or role playing (laughs) police officers or HOA and some of the things that you guys are doing there it's it's some really interesting experiences that you don't see elsewhere that it's kind of like a sandbox that we took and ran with it and made it what we wanted it to be
2: i feel like that's because it's an organic community um so i know can you like i you kind of live in 76 you asked about our experience 76 i still live there i moved in when it came out during the stress test and the beta and i haven't left since i have trouble playing other games um It's just it's become my community and family, and it's grown organically in that way because of the history of the Fallout franchise. We are a whole lot of solo game players. Sure, some of us have dabbled in MMOs, maybe even spent some time there, but this wasn't constructed like an MMO. That's not the mindset we had going in. So you're seeing all these solo players coming together, finding each other, and building a community from scratch and uh, finding their own definition of what that might be.
0: So you mentioned um, growing a community. How do you think this will change or continue after Wastelanders? Do you think that's going to have an effect?
1: Oh, it's absolutely going to have an effect. I mean, uh, a, there's been a lot of discontent with this game, you know, with Fallout 76. And a lot of people that are traditional Fallout fans have stepped away. And those people are going to come back to give this a try. You know, that that's they are going to want to, experience wastelanders and we're going to have people that aren't used to being part of this community joining, joining up again. And that's absolutely going to have ripples.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I I think you're right. I think a lot of people are going to come back and I think that there are some people who are going to be jumping in for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the other things we talked about on this episode is uh, running your vendors out of your camps and the the idea that there's a lot of things that aren't necessarily intuitive to new players about the way the world works because it's very community-driven. For example, because there's a cap limit, people are now treating 5.56 ammo as money, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, this is effectively changing the community. Somebody who has experience in Fallout playing 4 or New Vegas or whatever jumping into this world is going to be running up against these things that have existed for a year and a half now that have grown out of the way the community works, that, th- that it's going to feel like a whole different kind of wasteland to them.
2: It will. Uh, the, the community, though, is very welcoming for the most part. Uh, so I think there's an on-ramp. There's, you know, there's the ramp up to 50, which, as long as there's not double triple XP, takes like, just a little while. Um, <laughs> and so oh, people man. can adjust. Also that triple the people- XP... Oh, wasn't it so good? Oh, oh my goodness! Good. <laughs> and the people actually, you know, you doing the five, five, six rounds uh, as currency, uh, doing the you know off, out of game trading and uh, and back alley meets on Reddit for for swapping weapons. That's still not the bulk of the community. You know, that is there certainly, and uh, they're vocal. But there are plenty of people who just get on to play every once in a while, have stuff in their vendors, and are are still not living at that cap limit.
0: I would love to hear some of your advice to absolutely brand new players, people who are just jumping into Wastelanders when it comes out and haven't played the game, have heard a lot of mixed opinions, people like us who are like, no, we like the game, we we play it. And people who are like, this is the worst thing Bethesda's ever done. What What would you give them as advice when they're first loading up the game and getting into it?
2: Well, it's funny because a lot of people talk about how the social aspect is one of the best aspects of 76, but my personal advice is a little bit the opposite. It's uh, take your time. There's no rush to level, and there's a whole lot of world and lore out there. There's so much lore on the terminal, so much interconnected story in, you know, the holotapes you find, the notes you find, the dead bodies, and yes, there are a lot of them, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody living. Um, They all have an interconnected story. So I think when you discover that and enjoy the lore, it really increases your enjoyment of the game. Uh, Don't rush to make a camp, um, or just set one down real quick, but use the Overseer's camp to start. When you hit level 10, 11, you've taken some, uh, maybe done some workshops, gotten a few plans, uh done the story up to say a morgantown airport or with the new story finish the wayward and then to morgantown airport get that small backpack then think about actually trying to put some work into a camp because it takes a lot of resources to build um everything this is still a survival game at the core so until you collect those resources and get that knowledge locations plans you really can't do much so don't bang your head against that wall too early so take your time learn the game meet people check out vendors and uh, just enjoy
1: I couldn't agree more. It's it's very important to also, as much as the social aspect is wonderful, it's very important to also take that time for yourself to just live in the world and absorb the lore and, and just be in this space. Uh, my additional advice would be, um, if you have a, a friend who is playing and has been playing, um, find a Sherpa, you know, ha- hang out with a Sherpa who can teach you some of these ropes and um and help guide you through some of the possum badges and that kind of thing
0: <laughs> oh my oh god god yes.
2: no <laughs> yeah we we were pioneers in that whole scout uh, mm-hmm. quest line we <laughs> pioneers scout pioneer. yep
0: <laughs> man that's funny <laughs> So uh, I, I like your point that this game brought together a lot of solo player gamers to get together and build communities for the first time with each other in a way that is very different. and I think that's one of the reasons why Ken is noting things like this game is a different experience than anything else that you would have experienced out there. Um, for somebody else who's new, what would you recommend uh, for for somebody who's looking for community would you would you recommend? Finding people in game and just making friends with people in game, or reaching out to specific groups online. What what do you think would be the best for new players?
2: Check out podcast communities. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Jess. <laughs> That's a very
0: good point.
1: You know, yes, we are- I, I happen to have a handful of podcast communities that that would love to have you right here. So,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, feel free to rep them. I, I don't know uh, what platforms you guys are on and and how you've been promoting those, but go you know, feel free to to share that
1: oh yeah uh the we just love games discord is a great place uh if you are um looking for some like-minded fallout players um and yeah you can just send us a message on social media or find it on our twitch page twitch.tv slash we just love games um and of course you know the the great communities that you guys are all a part of just just find some like-minded
2: people Exactly. Podcasts, because what we do is talk about the game for an hour or four, depending upon the length of your podcast, um, mm-hmm. is a great way to really absorb information, uh, find out where people are, what they're doing, and how you can meet up. Additionally, uh, Twitter has a wonderful Fallout community. I know a lot of us are part of that. Uh, check the hashtag Fallout76 uh, to see some great picks and uh, great stories of Adventure in the Wasteland that you might be able to join in on. Um, besides that, obviously, streaming we mentioned, uh, groups that I'm part of. Uh, the HOA, that's the Wasteland Estates HOA. Uh, we are an in-game camp evaluation and comedy troupe. Uh, we do sketches, we do streams, we snoot about people's camps and judge them, usually for the positive these days because people's camp building has come a long way, but the <laughs> influx of newbies to the Wasteland, I don't know. <laughs>
0: oh, we're going to see all sorts of crazy stuff again, for sure. Yep.
2: so we stream every uh, Tuesday through Friday, um, 9 to 11 Eastern Time. And that's something to check out. Uh, But there's so many groups. Um, Our group is ASA Podcasting. Look up a Skyrim addict uh, or the Fallout Feed show and our group on Facebook, uh, ASA Podcasting and the Fallout Feed. Uh, Wasteland Games Network. We do game shows in Appalachia. Uh, bca the bartenders coalition of appalachia uh we do bar crawls uh once a month and also have a uh, have a fight club that our friend shredder runs um we're kind of like f76 fight club you heard about on ps4 uh, but we do quarterly tournaments and matches with occasional sparring bouts i was the featherweight champion of uh of this week <laughs> of this winter <laughs> nice. wow but there'll there'll be a new title coming soon in may i think uh, i think uh, ken and i might be working on one of the shows for that so that'll be fun yeah very cool very cool. Yeah, I okay. think
1: podcast communities are really a strong place to start as, as someone who's been podcasting for a while now. The 100% most rewarding thing is seeing those friendships uh, pop up between listeners of your podcast who wouldn't oh. have known each other otherwise. It's, it's just wonderful.
2: You feel like a mama bear. Exactly.
3: Beyond yeah. that too, I think because we have such a, a pulse on the heartbeat of the community, even if people are into a really specific thing like role-playing coming into a podcast group since we have kind of hands kind of everywhere it's easy enough to, to point you where you want to get the best experience
2: exactly that's exactly it yeah there's an overview i um, you know it's important if you're going to talk about the uh, game and community to have your fingers in a lot of different areas <laughs> and i'm mm-hmm. taking that back mm-hmm. a finger in every pie <laughs> in every pie Perfectly preserved or otherwise, Amen. And you
4: know, and you don't have to feel pressured to be in in multiple things, kind of like I keep my I have two feet, and I kind of keep one planted in um, the uh, Aristocracy Discord, which I know Ken's a part of. But then I keep my other foot planted in the We Just Love Games Discord. Um, but Ken is more like an octopus, where it's like <laughs> he has complete and total like coverage over multiple communities, all kind of at once.
0: Yeah, he's our man on the street. He wears a a hat and a trench coat and slinks around in all the corners
3: he sure is sometimes a paper mache octopus you know
2: He's kind of like mastercard he's everywhere you want to be i'm I'm on an official bethesda stream or i'm with some stream with only four viewers and i'm like hello and and then ken's like hi Chess." i'm like oh my god where were you (laughs) (laughs) it's fantastic
0: so um So uh, let's let's wrap. I want to wrap up the 76 talk and just kind of get your thoughts on where things might go after Wastelanders. Do you have any speculation as to what's going to happen in the next year? Hmm.
1: I think uh, that Fallout 76 needs to go to space. Ooh. Yes. I I, I would love to go to space.
0: Yeah. We've talked about things like uh, branching out to other other zones nearby. You know, outside of Appalachia, but actual up into space.
1: Yes, you know, let's cause. colonize the moon. That's often how I feel
4: about the Fast and the Furious franchise. It's like, they're doing nine <laughs> movies on the tenth <laughs> one. If they don't go to the moon, I'm going to be very imagine?
0: Can you imagine driving those cars on the moon? The kinds
2: of jumps they can make? <laughs> right. That would be amazing.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Jess, you have any thoughts?
2: Oh, gosh. I don't expect us to go to space. Uh, unless we're a launching off point for starfield i mean they are working on assets for starfield maybe some of that could be pulled into the game (laughs) Uh Uh Um, but really i know in a couple weeks uh, jeff gardner did mention that he'd be uh, that they'd be talking about the roadmap of of what's next after wastelanders so we're gonna enjoy this content for a bit and then next month or so bethesda might let us in on what they're thinking where they're thinking Uh, for myself i would like to see the map grow a little bit but the map we're on. Let's open up the edges, those areas that we've snuck into with some buildings you can't get to. Even if it's another server instance, even if the server becomes bifurcated so that only part of it loads and reduces server lag, I'd love new places to put my camp. To build those camps. Let's get a little more camp budget and a place to build it, you know? Um that yeah, would all I think be we're
1: likely on. to see
3: new zones in the future. We're not too far from the capital wasteland or the pit.
2: <gasps> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh What's that's been a- my
4: speculation for a while is the they did that with um, uh, with uh, Elder Scrolls Online. They added in yes. their big thing was Morrowind that they added in, and it was almost recreated from Elder Scrolls Three, and it got such a big reception that I'm like, they've got to oh, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, I, think, I joke about space, but I absolutely think we will someday see the Capital Wasteland in this engine,
3: which is a, which would be a brilliant move because people who hate this game but love Fallout Three. I think would play the game for that kind of experience to see the capital wasteland as it was before you emerged. So a little less destroyed in the early days. Look at
2: how well the capital wasteland creation club content sold for four. Oh yeah. People want to go back.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing something very similar with elder scrolls online again, with going back to Skyrim this year. So
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, we know that they know that kind of thing works. And, I mean, I'd I'd be happy to go back. I think it'd be really cool.
2: With all the hooks in the game, too, you know, the references to some people who dispute the lore. And I know um, you guys know the lore quite well. You know, but they dispute how they uh, made the Brotherhood work here, how these things happened. And the hooks, yeah, they're a little bit tenuous. They're a little bit too coincidental, but they still fit. Um, So I could see them following one of those tendrils somewhere, following it over to, say, um, Early Days of Mariposa, or or taking stuff from the DLC. So point lookout. People always talk about Fallout New Orleans. What if we get some of that connected to uh, Appalachia?
4: Oh, man. Fallout if, New Orleans. Uh, Holy crap. Oh, that would be great. That we was also- such a
1: controversy back in the day. <laughs> it was. <laughs>
3: But we also uh, reconnected Modus and gave him wider control. It would be (sighs) interesting if he contacted the oil rig and we see the Enclave come in at some point. I think that would be awesome.
2: That would be fascinating. Oh my gosh, I want that so much. That's a fantastic idea, Ken. And Appalachia is ripe for that invasion. First we get the Wastelanders and the Raiders, and then we bring in a real threat to bring everyone together. You know what
1: I've always wanted? is to see the Boneyard in a modern Fallout engine. And oh. what if we could just go there? I don't know how it would work in Fallout 76, but like, gosh, I just I want that so much. I've always wanted to see the Boneyard.
0: Well, what if there was teleportation technology?
1: <laughs> well, there is
4: a time machine. <laughs> Ken, you have the connections, though. I, I need I need to see this through. Just like, I need you to get me invited to a Todd Howard dinner party. I need <laughs> you to get all of this stuff in the game as fast as possible. You have the connections now.
1: I also want more of the Lovecraftian things. More of the Dunwich horrors. Yes.
3: yes. I, I, I want to see the interloper get up and walk around and scare
0: the crap out of
1: him. Mm-hmm.
0: What if, what if there was, like, an underground area? What if there was... Yeah, like I mean, dig, I mean, there's ooh. mining and digging, and what if what if the sum of the digging went too far, and now we're and because there's uh, isn't it is in four I believe it's in four where there's like the mining area, but then you keep going yeah, down, and you find yes, yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, like what if there's something very similar to that where there's just like ancient things underneath the ground? I mean, we're, we've already got the you know the like, creepy cryptids and stuff Ken brought up the
2: interloper i mean Mm -hmm. what if the back wall of lucky hole mine crumbles and there's a deeper spot people haven't yet discovered oh my gosh
1: that would
4: be incredible wait have you all seen the um the mod for fallout 4 the siren head mod
3: yes that is legit terrifying
1: i saw that and immediately knew that i was not gonna play it (laughs) because i'm a baby that's a whole load of nope Exactly. exactly
4: What if? Because now that's like that's like gaining popularity. Like I, I noticed today that like uh, I think it was maybe like Markiplier was playing a version of that on his YouTube channel. Like there is that like it's almost this old like Slenderman market, I suppose, for that in the game. I'm curious of how that's going to evolve, especially when I looked at the um, the footage for the um, uh, Wendigo Colossus of like oh,
1: that thing is so scary. It really is. I am so scared of it and I haven't even seen one yet. I'm just I w-
3: Did you guys watch the dev
1: play footage of that yet?
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
2: with the fear meter. Oh my oh,
3: goodness. And w- wendigos just being summoned to it?
1: No.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it can summon wendigos Are you kidding uh-huh. me? Yeah. Yeah. one Wendigo isn't enough and two are too few? Three. Three yeah. Wendigos. It's uh it's terrifying.
1: Okay, if anybody mm-hmm. needs me, I'll just be never leaving my camp again. <laughs>
2: I am curious (laughs) on the lore for that, I have to admit, because, uh, you know, we know how Wendigos are created, and maybe there's magic of the Appalachian Mountains that make them more prevalent than in other Fallout games, but multiple Wendigos, wouldn't they eventually eat each other? How does this work?
1: Well, uh, does a Wendigo Wendigo hunger for the flesh of another Wendigo? Because it's no
2: longer a human, really. It's like
4: Schrodinger's Wendigo.
1: Maybe they, like,
2: eat, and they don't eat their own. It's true.
3: What happens when you nuke a Wendigo, or
0: (gasps) multiple Wendigos?
2: Or a Wendigo colossus.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Dun dun dun. I'm just waiting for the Mama Murphy uh, clothing pack so Shalene can oh, sit God on her Lord. porch and never leave.
1: In my special chair.
4: Yep. Yep.
0: Taking jet. Chair.
1: Oh gosh, there's no jet. jet. There's no jet.
4: I <laughs> imagine her is just this like delightful old Russian lady that like gives you candy as you pass by the door in your little Bronx apartment. You see in the corner.
0: <laughs> just sitting there <laughs> knitting, saying hi to everyone who walks by.
4: Hello! Yes. Hello! Do you have any jet? No. I'm ready okay. for the Mole Miner City. I mean, that's that's really what I'm...
1: Well, yes! Murmurg isn't one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I love mer-mer-merg. her and her little babushka.
2: <laughs> babushka. She's a kindly old grandmother Mole Miner.
1: Oh
0: man, she's so good.
2: You know, many people wouldn't call her kindly with the, uh, with the drops that the perv gives them. But yeah, with her moving to the rusty pick, I mean, is she going to have cohorts? Is she going to be more accessible? I'm very curious about that too.
3: I hope she has grandchildren. Is she gonna have nickel beer night, like, karaoke? She's a mama.
0: <laughs> Does she have like little little uh, <laughs> little mini mini burks? baby mole miners? Mini miners. I, I I don't know what to name them, but like
4: little ones. Little Goo Gagas. Goo 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 Gagas. What you call them? Like baby, mole miners. Yeah, little ones. I'll see myself out now. That was really terrible
2: joke. We we call them mini miners. Mini miners. And I made that bad joke just to make you feel better, Dave. M- M-
0: what if we call them minor minors?
2: Nice.
1: Oh, that's nice. oh.
2: escalation.
0: That's
3: it. And when they're born, they're minor
0: miracles. Oh, you cut out. Say that again. <laughs> when they're born, they're minor miracles. Ah. So good. Ah. <laughs> nice. Minor minor miracles. Minor minor miracles. Oh man. Alright. Well we've firmly we've certainly taken this made a off mountain out of a track. molehill. <laughs> oh, oh oh yeah i was gonna say we took it off the tracks <laughs> for the mining cart has gone off the tracks here um <laughs> well we're we're kind of nearing the end of the uh the interview section of the show is there i w- i mean we've wrapped up we've talked fallout 76 we've talked the future of it we've talked podcasting guys do you have any other last minute questions for them
3: what uh what are you guys most excited for in wastelanders
1: I think I'm personally most excited for new quests and new lore. Yeah. I uh, I'm sad every time that I open my quest log and there's really nothing there but dailies that have done a million times. And uh, so I'm looking forward to having new things to do and uh, new locations to explore and and of
2: course that new lore. I just just inject it directly into my veins. Yeah. Amen. For me, it's exploration and discovery. You know, I am a map junkie. Um after after building, I love taking photographs and in game in game photo mode. So I'm gonna see all kinds of new locations to photograph. How do they work? What's the lighting like? Um I wanna see where the knobbits come from. It's Bruce Knob, you know, these new foundation settlers. Like where did they come from under the mountain? What what do we have there? The uh Watoga Underground. So many new things to discover. So I'm definitely about the map. And also yep how you can Go build ahead. camps. How I am also how you can, you know, where you can put your camps, how they can uh can join.
0: Mm. Dave, were you gonna say something?
4: Oh, my my last question that I had here was so like you all have been involved in various community projects, like um F seventy six art projects where they were doing the um the album covers, right? Uh there's other things that like have come up through trap camps through a number of different things. What would you like to see the community do that it hasn't done so far, if there's anything?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I've got nothing. I mean, they're so creative. They're so much more creative than I am. They've already come up with all these things (laughs) (laughs) that I never would have dreamed.
2: It kind of takes a lot of unique individuals to come up with some of these ideas. So, yeah, that best idea maybe hasn't been found yet. But I would love if they could... Um, you know, obviously via Bethesda as well, create more integrated and intentional communities uh, in-game structures where you can't place camps too near each other now. Uh, There are some people who do, like South Morgantown and some other groups who have tried to make a community. Or, Celine, you and your friends around the lake there. Yeah, we just love Games Games Lake. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to see the game facilitate that and I'd like to see people uh, work towards that building towns that would be lovely
0: yeah I, I, would, I would love some structures that actually look like legitimate buildings that were part of the supposed to be part of the map so even at a distance you can't quite tell if it's a camp or just a structure
2: mm-hmm.
0: I think that would be really cool alright yeah, well like th- thanks for wandering into our vault uh, I hope we didn't keep you too long I know you guys needed to use the restroom uh, <laughs> this was <laughs> probably a long wait to use the restroom long uh, long wait <laughs> Uh, Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, Why don't you leave the audience with how to get a hold of you guys in order to chat with you or check out your shows and that kind of thing?
1: Uh, Right. Uh, Check out that Fallout show on your podcast listening platform of choice and also GameStack podcast and uh, Dames Who Game. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at ShaleenL, L. S. H. A. L. I. N. E. L. And uh, follow our Twitch channel, our YouTube channel. All of those are called We Just Love Games. So,
2: love for you to, to join those communities. And I am here and there as J Star or Jessica Star. Uh, that's at Sleep is for Tea on Twitter. It's a Doctor Who reference. Sleep is for tortoises. So, it's at Sleep is for Tea, all one word. Um, the show that I do is the Fallout feed. That's at the Fallout feed, all one word. And then, of course, at Dames Who Game. Also, you mentioned briefly, Dave, about ArtF76. Uh, that is our girl at uh, Pantagrulia. She's a fellow dame. So check at ARTF76, at art 76
0: Very cool. So um, I hope I, I don't know how you got in here, but I hope you can find your way out because we just tried pushing the button on the vault door and it doesn't seem to want to
1: open for us. So,
4: mm-hmm. um, you may have to go back the way you came, as Kermit the Frog would say.
1: That's yeah. concerning. Yeah, it was it was a jarring
2: trip. Okay, Jess, let's see if we can find this. Oh, we can uh, do this. Um, Hope, can your Handy come with us, just in case we need a little help finding the way?
0: Uh, yeah, Ken, he seems to only listen to you. Uh, Mr. Handy, uh, execute order 72. It's fine. It, he just escorts you. to Today's the bathroom. a hell of a day to die, commie! Alright, yeah, follow him. He'll take you to the bathroom when you're done. Uh, then if, maybe you can find your way out. If you get lost... Just there's a hole back there. Don't fall down into the lower level. You might get stuck. Yeah, that, um, that
3: that's happened before.
4: The yep. underhinge.
0: <laughs> the underhinge. Is that what we're calling it
2: now? <laughs> the vault below. Yeah, I uh, the vault below. I think this is deep enough for me right now. Yeah, I think it's time to leave. But it's been a great <laughs> hang with you guys. Thank you. Indeed. Yeah, lovely. Glad we ran into you.
0: Yeah, you'll have to come back and visit sometime, maybe through the actual front entrance. That would be awesome.
2: <laughs> Show me where it is and also the bathroom.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, see you later. <laughs> Thanks for joining Bye. us. Bye. Bye.
3: And now it's time for the random rant, sponsored by Abraxo. When it comes to tough stains such as blood, bodily fluids, or sweet and sour sauce, nothing gets out those stains like Abraxo. Now with three times the suds and industrial chemical compounds.
0: All right, so it's time for the Abraxo Box. And this week, Ken has brought a rant for us to hear?
4: Experience? I don't know the right, the right verb. How many boxes do you need to stand on is the, is the correct question. You know that's, what? Uh, that's what we should rate it. We
0: should rate it on number of boxes. So how many
4: number of boxes is this one?
3: Well, this is going to be an unusual rant. So I'm going to turn the Abraxo Box upside down, and I'm getting inside the box. Whoa. Oh, my God. This like week, a cart? Are oh, you going to put yes. little wheels on it and go down the hill? Well, I took this Sharpie here, and I, I made like little wheels uh, and a steering wheel inside with this flap. Uh, so I'm going to get down here. So you're, like, I, uh, you're like
0: a three-year-old.
3: I'm getting down in my Abraxo uh, cardboard car. Racer. And Abraxo <laughs> I'm racer. Gonna, I'm going to bring to you this week a reverse rant. And I feel like at this point in time, a reverse rant is needed. Because we are just... On the verge of an evolution of the game, with Wastelanders coming, NPCs coming, and a lot of things changing in Appalachia. This rant is brought to you by a Redditor whose name has been lost to time, but it is titled Rant. The Fallout 76 hate train is actually worse than the perceived state of the game at this point, and it's time for you to shut up. <clears throat> I can't watch any of the gaming-related YouTube channels without cringing, because everyone has to include some kind of dig at 76. Look at the memes. Look at me creating memes. They are hilarious memes. No one cares. I can't even visit my regular gaming-related subreddits anymore because, quote... LOL, LOL, this is what would happen if Bethesda designed the scene game world. I'm tired of seeing plants clipping through walls. I'm tired of seeing chairs with three legs. My co-workers talk shit about 76 when discussing other games entirely. Every other goddamn article I scroll by when looking for gaming news is why Fallout 76 is a bad game. This is journalism at its worst. Every top 10 worst games list has Fallout 76 at the top. Along with a diatribe that is just verbal vomit that says it's a bad game without going into why it's a bad game, even if other games on the list were objectively worse. Fallout 76 did not ruin your marriage. Fallout 76 did not kill your child or steal your car or cause you to lose your job. It's exhausting. Even with the problems it had at launch, even with the weird anti-consumer BS Bethesda did with the canvas bags, even the most rattled person alive has to see how exhausting this is. And it's not exhausting just because hating the game has become a meme. You could argue that every bad game gets some kind of meme around it. But holy hell, I went and looked. Even No Man's Sky didn't get this much obnoxious noise. And let's all admit to ourselves, No Man's Sky is terrible. Most gads, game, bad games get a What the F is this they could have done better And then everyone fucks off to play better games Nope People seem obsessed with making why 70 sucks videos And monetizing them And making money off this negative trend They try and get people not to buy the game Because they know They won't just get to They won't get a spot in the echo chamber And they will no longer make their money Let's be honest now I'm sorry for the high and mighty soapbox rants, but this is what I wake up to when I went to check the news every day in my Facebook feed, every Fallout group like I always do. I've unsubbed from them all, but even then I can't escape it. Everywhere I turn, it's 76 sucks. Why are we bitching about 76 in Red Dead Redemption subreddits? You think RDR2 did better? Go play that. Why the damn hell else are you here? I just want to see one video where Bethesda is actually being acknowledged for making changes to the game. One. Because everyone is acting like the game is the exact same state it was on the day of launch, and it's almost maddening. They haven't seen the community that's grown, the content creators who've created in-game experiences. Just stop with the cringe and the clickbait, and inserting this into conversations it doesn't belong in. I'm one of the most cynical pieces of garbage alive, but even I need a breather once in a while edit number one. Uh, you guys in this Reddit are an interesting lot. I've made a few replies to comments here, most of them agreeing with you, but I still get down for everything I say. How would it will happen if I post Bethesda sucks randomly in the comments section? I think I'll get a lot of karma for that. <clears throat> edit number two. I am not a Bethesda shill. I am not being paid by Bethesda. I am not a whiny child or a crime This game sucks. Get over it. If you guys get this mad over a Reddit post, I'm hoping this doesn't expend to other areas. Edit number three. Okay, guys, look, seriously. Since apparently there's a select handful of you who missed basic reading comprehension, I don't support Bethesda. I am not paid by Bethesda. Uh, I do not sleep with Todd Howard. Edit number four. Right, guys, now we're using this post as an excuse to throw petty abuse at anyone who does not like the game. Hope you guys are proud of the fact that your actual degenerates. As for me, I enjoy this game. I'm in a large community, and thank goodness for Fallout 76.
0: <laughs> Man, what a commentary on the people who are the loudest on the internet right now.
3: Oh, absolutely! The fact that he that the poor guy had to edit that four different times uh, because of the two point four five thousand comments uh, and the sixty two percent downvote. Jeez!
0: Jeez. Uh, I think you know? people when I was
4: originally covering it um back during launch and looking at every single youtube video that had the picture of the vault boy with the thumbs down or the vault boy in the mechanic suit with the wrench that had the thumbs down (laughs) or the Uh, vault boy
3: with the uh middle finger blurred
4: yes um those the i think that the algorithm and youtube are just like yeah we 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 like a naughty vault boy let's put all of the viewers onto these videos (laughs)
3: Well, I think also uh, 76, like some other fandom things, once it gets caught in a cycle where the rant gets more views, comments and likes than something positive you're stuck in a never-ending cycle that is almost impossible to get out of. It's the the echo chamber thing. It's the same thing we went
0: through with the the previous election that we're about to go through right now on Facebook, is that everybody only sees the things that they agree with, which reinforces this idea that, like, everyone in the world has the same beliefs I have. And what's ridiculous is it happens on a political level, but it also happens on freaking video games. And it's like, well, everyone thinks Fallout 76 sucks, and there's a lot of this information about why it still sucks, so it must still suck, instead of ever getting to see the positive content.
3: Like, four or five months ago as an example, uh, which is, I think, when Fallout first rolled out, um, and we were talking about that. Even on our own page, uh, anytime I I posted a podcast episode... There was this cabal of of people crawling out from the basement and underneath the bed who thought, uh, I was supporting 76 and that if we all just stopped supporting it, it would go away, uh...
4: I, right this isn't it, i there's enjoy it called merlin called and and i i like to think that we could do this to people um it had um not kevin costner but the dude that was in jurassic park you know the dad from jurassic park it had him in it and at the end of the film it, it's like uh, there's this queen mab and she's the villain and how do they get rid of her is the jurassic park dad looks at her and says you know what we're all gonna forget you and then they all turn around yeah yeah that's a great she, it's Merlin she screams into the darkness like that's just not gonna happen like that's not gonna happen for anything
3: and I guess I don't uh, this game is there there's a, a multi-year long-term plan for this game so don't, aren't you gonna get tired and exhausted at some point point? and part of it is if you if you played this game even on, on day one uh I think people had already made up their minds that this is going to be something that they hate. The moment you do that, you're going to ruin the experience for yourself regardless because you're, you're looking to justify or ratify the concept or the idea that you already have. So you're, you're looking for the, the hate as opposed to trying something new. Even now with Wastelanders, with a lot of people coming back to the game, my friends list is an example last week was completely full. Everyone was online for Triple XP Weekend, which is something I haven't seen in quite a while. Um, it's look been at months. Chad, look,
4: look at Kev, uh, K- Chad, Kevin, Kinn, whatever you are. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is this is a flex, and I see it. I no, see no, 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 it's Humble an example. Brag.
3: Like A lot of people are, are coming back to the game and really getting into it and doing it, but there's still there's going to be that group of people who, regardless, Bethesda could mail everyone a check for $5,000 to come play the game and they would still not even try to give it a chance or open themselves up to the experience. I I just don't get that.
0: I I think it's a deeper psychological issue, and this this could go on on forever, but uh, this idea that you are tying something about your self-identity into your opinions about the things that you care the most about, and when you wrap that up into caring about a video game, and don't get me wrong, the three of us love Fallout. That's why we do these podcasts, but... Sometimes you have to have other things in your life that you care more about so that video games aren't the thing that you define yourself by. And then when that happens, then you have the ability to kind of change your opinion about stuff and just kind of go with the flow a little bit more because you don't have to, you know, rely on that to justify, you know, your existence. That's a great point. You should never
3: um, wrap your entire personality. Around just the things that you're passionate about, you become then the only represented by those things, which makes those things very inflexible. Because if they evolve or change, it it can be alienating, and that's usually when right. fandom reacts.
0: Right, right, and and that's the problem: is that we're we're not wrapping our our self identity around things that are more important.
4: Yeah, there's a be- cycle. There's a cycle to it where it's like, okay, something is popular, po- like Fallout is popular after Fallout Four people kick it down because of their perception of Fallout 76 then it's like oh let's let's kick them all you down and then later on there's this narrative that's like okay it's not that bad and then it becomes the narrative of the other dog and then it's popular to support the underdog and then you come out the other end and you're on top of the world and let's start the cycle again
0: yeah so let's start the cycle again so, so thanks, thanks for the uh, rants, uh, Ken. <laughs> the anti, thanks for, the rat.
4: Thanks for being <laughs> a rat. Ken. Thanks for being a With rat. Your giant friends list, and your. I, I swear to God, if you don't get me to Todd Howard's dinner party, I'm gonna have a fit. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna call the police.
0: <laughs> well, we'll have to get out of this vault somehow. Hey guys, so I had a thought. Um, I'm gonna throw this by you. What if we're the ones in the experiment? What do you think about that?
3: Like, like, like we're we're in it right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, what if? Uh, I mean, it's kind of coincidental that we all kind of the three of us kind of found the vault, and that we're now in here, and we, you know, maybe maybe we're actually being experimented on. I think the
4: experiment is like getting on the same energy level, but we gotta like ump it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ha-
3: have we? I I feel like we've had this conversation before.
4: I don't know. I don't think so. Have we? What if we had? I don't know. Like, Honestly, think about it. Like, where did you get the coffee? Yeah, because there was the guy that gave us the map at the gas station. Huh. Why is my nose bleeding again? I don't know. Um, all right. Well, well I guess that's uh,
0: all the time we have this week. <laughs> that's all the time we have this week. We're gonna, I guess we'll stew on this a little bit. Um,. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you to Shalene uh, and Jess for joining us on this episode. And thanks, guys, for bringing the fun content again. And to all of our listeners. And for our listeners who are interested in getting in touch with us, let's go through and let them know how to get a hold of us. Ken? You can reach me at Fallout 76 Podcast
3: on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, Fallout 76 Podcast.
4: Uh, You can reach for me, but I will not be there in person. But online, you can find me at Dave Chaffins on uh, Twitter, at Chaffins on Instagram. And if you want to see some of the other fun stuff I'm doing in podcast world at Mystery Time Live.
0: And for me, I am doing a bunch of shows on Robots Radio, including this show and a number of other shows like the Fallout Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, and I just resurrected the Cyberpunk Lorecast. Got a bunch of shows on the network uh, for all of our shows and anything else that you might be interested in checking out, check out robotsradio.net. And you're always welcome to join us on the Robots Radio Discord, which is in the show notes. And also, if you just search Robots Radio Discord, you'll find it. You find a bunch of people to chat with about Fallout stuff and lots of other things Um, also I'm going to be jumping back into Wastelanders so I will be I'm playing on PC so anybody wants to group up with me I'm robots on PC Um, I guess I'll see you in game I don't know if you guys want to share how to connect with your games too
4: yeah, you can add me on the on the PlayStation Network. I tend to sit on my couch. Um, I I I rarely have a microphone. I know that's funny. It's I know we all really laugh at the podcaster who doesn't have a very good microphone. <laughs>
0: Wait, you don't have a microphone strapped to your face at all times?
4: I don't have a microphone. Stra- I'm not walking around like, hey guys, did you know I'm in a podcast? Um, no. Th- Is it wrong that I a- that I am? Is that okay? Um, are you like Britney Spears? Is it like like kind of at the side of your mouth, like kind of skin toned? Because that would be interesting. Um, yes. Yeah, So, I mean,
0: did, have you seen a picture? Yes.
4: <laughs> so you can add me on PSN at Chaffins, that's Chafinz. Um, that's not my real last name, but it's as real as it's gonna get.
3: Uh, for me, you can easily find me in game on PC at Chad Fallout Seventy Six Podcast, all one word. Um, I've run into a few of you out there, which
0: has been kind of cool. Uh, so don't be afraid to say hello. Yeah, I'd love to see you guys in-game sometime. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. And until next time, we're going to have a really awesome episode. We'll see you. Stay safe. Talk to you later. Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the Lands Between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikela. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, Fromsoft Lorecast available everywhere.